0: Today I want to be addressing really two angel visitations. Remember last week we talked about Joseph and how the angel came to Joseph and the angel said what angels always say, be not afraid, don't fear. And then the angel delivered a word of good news as angels typically do. Fear not and here's the good news. And the angel comes first to one named Zechariah who was a priest. I'm going to be talking more about that. And the angel says to him as he's paralyzed in fear, Fear not, I've got good news. You're going to have a baby, you and Elizabeth. And the baby will be named John. And then that same angel, Gabriel, visits a young virgin named Mary. And again, fear not. And then the good news, you're going to give birth to a baby named Jesus. And he's going to be the son of the Most High. You know, just as we talked about last week when we were talking about Joseph, that the reason um, for that fear is not only seeing... uh, an angel, a spiritual being that you're not accustomed to seeing that is awe-inspiring in and of itself. But it's also because sometimes good news doesn't really look like or feel like good news at first, right? Sometimes what the Lord has for us that requires a sense of belief and understanding in that belief And pursuing whatever course God has put you on, not knowing exactly where it will lead to. So good news sometimes doesn't feel like good news. There's mixed messages in good news. Sometimes we hear news about maybe a scary diagnosis. And it doesn't feel at all like good news. Even though we know because we've talked to people who have said it. God has blessings in store for you in the midst of your struggle with whatever that ailment might be. We can have the the death of a relationship occur and and we feel as low as could possibly be and it's as if an angel can visit us and say, I've got good news for you. You put your trust in me. This is going to work out beyond your imagining." So good news doesn't always feel like good news at first. I read a story this week that kind of underscores this in a funny sort of way. A farmer was going to visit his banker uh, at the end of a very terrible harvest year. And so he sat down with his banker and he started it out by saying, Friend, I have good news and I have bad news. Which do you want to hear first? The banker said, well, you better give me the bad news first. So the farmer said, well, you know, when we planted this spring, there was really no rain that fell, and only half of my crop came up. And he said, and then when it came to the fall, we had that deluge of rain, and everything I had up was drowned out. So I don't have a crop, and I'm not going to be able to repay my loan. And what's even worse is, you know, I borrowed that money on Some farm equipment. And um, I don't have any money to pay that back either. And I've dipped into my savings and I'm really having a hard time paying my mortgage on my house. And the banker said, wow, this is terrible. This is is bad, bad news. But you said there was some good news. What's the good news? And the farmer smiled and he said, I'm going to keep bringing you my business. Good news doesn't always feel like good news or sound like good news. But do you believe that God always leads us to the good news? Do you believe that God is always the God who doesn't ever settle for bad news being the end of the story, but always has us in the direction, going in the direction of the good news? If you believe that, say amen. I'd like for us to read this morning A portion of this story. I've already kind of told you a little bit about Zachariah. I'll tell you a little bit more. I want to focus more on the story of Mary and her song, her carol, her Christmas carol, if you will, that we sometimes call the Magnificat. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. In those days, Mary set out and she went with haste to a town in the hill country For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And here's the Magnificat. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever, and Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So the angel of the Lord visits Zechariah in the first part of this chapter that we didn't read. The angel says, be not afraid. And then the angel gives that good news. You and Elizabeth, even though you're up in years, you're going to have a baby. Sounds a little bit like uh, the Sarah and Abraham story, doesn't it? And the baby's going to be named John. And Zechariah responds in a way that... um, You know, he's a priest, and so I can kind of relate being a preacher. Zechariah begins to say, Hey, wait, we can't be the ones you're looking for. We're too old. We're not going to have a baby. And Gabriel responds to Zechariah saying, Because I brought you good news and you didn't believe it, you're not going to be able to speak until your baby arrives. And by the way, you'll name him John. And we know that that John was John the baptizer, right? So Zechariah, from this point on, can't speak. When he comes out to the people after being in the Holy of Holies, he can't say a word. And he tries to convey all that has happened, this miracle that has happened. And sure enough, Elizabeth, shortly thereafter, is with child. And she visits Mary, her cousin. She's six months pregnant. And here's Mary. And the two of them are going to have these babies, John, the baptizer, who paves the way for Jesus, and Jesus, the Savior of the world. I love what Eugene Peterson said in in speaking the words of Gabriel to Zechariah. Eugene Peterson's translation says, you're going to leap like a gazelle with joy when the baby John arrives. You're going to leap like a gazelle with joy when the baby John arrives. Now, not only did um, Zechariah know he was too old to have a baby, his leaping like a gazelle with joy had passed him too, right? And yet it all be. Now Mary, on the other hand, when Gabriel visits her and says, Do not be afraid. God has a surprise for you. You're going to have a baby. You're going to call this baby Jesus. And this baby is going to be great and known as the son of the Most High God. Now I'm sure that Mary had misgivings. I mean, she was a young child. Some scholars think she may have been 13, 14 years old. She'd never been with a man. And to receive this word, and that the baby would be basically fathered by the Holy Spirit, didn't really sound like good news at first. And yet, when she heard about what this meant, not only for her, but for the world, this baby that she would conceive would be the Savior of the world, then she, as stated in the song, said, Yes, I see now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let me be just as you say it will be. You know, when Mary sings that song that we just read about, Mary understood that the babe in her womb would be the savior of the world. That the babe in her womb would be the one who would come for those who were lowly and lift them up. For those who were defeated and give them that sense of victory in Jesus. And she was very clear about what that assignment would be and said yes to being the linchpin of the birth of the Savior of the world. You know, when we read Mary's song, I believe we're reminded that you can celebrate Christmas in this world without paying any attention to Christ. But you cannot know Christ in the true sense without paying a Christ, uh, attention to Christmas. Do you hear it? You, you can have Christmas and not pay attention to Christ. But you can't know Christ without paying attention to Christmas. And what Christmas is all about. And what this song is all about. And how it should be heralding good news to you and to me that, that our God and Jesus has turned everything upside down. That our God is always here for you and for me. That our God is always progressing us toward good news. And I think we learn our response in seeing how Mary responded. You know, the first thing I want us to see about Mary's response, which was quite different than Zacharias'. Mary, basically, in her song, trusted God enough to let go. You hear it? When we hear the carol of God for our lives, we have to let go of our preconceived notions about what God probably wants from us. We have to let go of our plans that sometimes we've concocted. Our preferences, our prefabricated worlds, and we need to go where God would have us go. You know, that's hard to do, isn't it? To let go. I don't know if you're like me, I like to try to figure things out on my own and kind of fly a passing prayer. Oh, God, help me, but I really can handle this by myself. It's got to make sense. And yet sometimes we get into circumstances that we know that we have to let go. Because we don't know anything else to do but to let go. Can you relate? And I know it sounds a little trite. But Mary's second response was to let God. So let go and let God. When I said that this morning in the early service, a woman came up to me afterwards. She said, I know that let go and let God sounds trite, but she said, two times in my life, two times in my life, I know that I let go and let God, and it has saved my life. Now, there's more to that story that I don't know yet, but I sure do want to know after a report like that. When we let go and then we trust God and let God do what God's going to do in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, then we can trust the fact that God is going to lead us to the experience of good news. God is not a bad news God. God redeems the worst of circumstances. God comes into our lives and we need to know that we're God's beloved children and that we can trust God whatever the circumstance we can let go and let God guide us, let God lead us, let God direct us. And know that when we come out, it's going to be good. It may be a surprise. It may be something we never thought would happen. It, it may not be on our time schedule like old Zachariah, But it will be good news. You know, I love the story of John Cavanaugh, who was a brilliant um, ethicist. and He went to spend three months with Mother Teresa. And he said he did that because he, he was kind of entering that last part of his life and he wanted to make sure that he had clarity about how God wanted him to live that life and he couldn't think of a better person in the world to be with, to sort these things out than Mother Teresa. And so he arranged to be with Mother Teresa in Calcutta, India uh, during this time that she was working with the dying. And, And he said, on the very first day, Mother Teresa came to me and she said, What can I do for you? And he said, quite simply, you can pray for me. And she said, well, what do you want me to pray for you? And then he shared his story about what took him... Halfway across the world to experience with her. He said, I'm really seeking clarity. I need clarity for how God wants me to live the the last years of my life. I need clarity. Will you pray for clarity? And Mother Teresa said, no, I will not do that. And he said, why? Why? And she said, clarity is the last thing you're clinging to. And you must let go of it. You hear that? Kavanaugh responded to Mother Teresa as she was laughing at him. In a loving kind of way, he said. But he said, what do you really mean? And she said, I have never had clarity and I do not pray for clarity. But what God has given me is trust. And I pray to trust God fully, completely. How often we find ourselves praying for clarity. For knowing what to do in this circumstance or knowing how to do something or how this will work out or what plan to pursue. When what Mother Teresa said is so true. We need to trust God. And we need to pray that whatever we do is right in the middle of God's will and that God is leading us toward a good news that we could have never imagined completely. I read a story this week again, one of my favorites, that it seems to, in a microcosmic way, underscore what I'm talking about. It's told by a mother who is anonymous. And yet this story has been heard by so many. It's a simple story. She's just telling about how she and her husband and their little baby Eric were going into a diner for a meal. Little Eric, not even really a toddler, you know, about the age of Claire Bear. Did y'all know that was my grandbaby? Anyway. I can see her doing this. They sat at the table and they got her in her little high chair. And she was so happy. He was so happy. Eric said, hi. Hi there. Hi. Hi. And the mother reports that she looked around to see that the object of his attention was an old man who was obviously one who lived on the streets. She said he was tattered. She said his suit of clothes looked like it hadn't been washed in a long time. She said his toes were poking out of would-be shoes. She said the hands that he had brought into the diner weren't clean and needed washing. And, and yet little Eric continued, "Hi." Hi there, hi. And the mother reported that she and her husband didn't know what to do. They ordered their food, their food came, and all the time this conversation was going on between Eric and the old man, and the old man was responding back, Hey there, little guy. Hey, buster. Hey, do you you play (laughs) patty cake? Do you play peek-a-boo? And on and on it went. She said, nobody in the restaurant thought he was cute. Everybody seemed to be tense, but no one more than my husband and me. It continued this exchange. She said, we ate our meal in record time. My husband went to pay. She said, I was making my way to the door and there stood the old man. And when I walked past him to go out the door, she said, little Eric just, he leaped out of my arms into the hands of this street man. She said, they exchanged their little laughter and grins and, and hi there. And, and he said, she said, Eric put his little head on this old man's chest on that dirty jacket he was wearing and she said she just watched as he began to rock Eric and pat him she said she could see under the old man's closed eyes tears under the lashes as he seemed to be a million miles away And then he looked at me, she said. With a deep look into my soul. And he said in a loving but commanding voice. Take care of this little baby. He's a special one. Take care of him. And he gently placed Eric back in his mother's arms. She said she left the restaurant and began to kind of run toward the car. She said when I was inside and my husband finally made it to the car all he could hear me praying was God please forgive me. Please forgive me and then praying a prayer of thanksgiving for what she had learned in that circumstance. She said that she learned from a little boy what it meant to trust and to love unconditionally. When all he could see was a human being who was playing and talking to him and all she could see was a man in grimy clothes she said, All I could see was a baby who trusted and loved. And God has taught me a lesson. In the midst of a circumstance that didn't feel like good news. God brought good news to my heart. And you can almost hear Mary sing about how God will exalt the lowly, how God will be good news to the poor, how God came for all people, how we're called to trust. To let go. And to let God. Mary trusted. In the midst of that word that was scary to her, she said, okay, God, I'm yours. I get it. I'm releasing this circumstance and I'll do what you need me to do because... I'm your servant and you would only lead toward good news little did she know that this little baby that she would have in her arms would grow up be a great teacher be one who was known for his healing as well as his wonderful words of life who would be rejected by some and arrested and crucified in a cruel death laid in a tomb Rise from the grave. Little did she know that this babe was the Savior of the world. She trusted God with what she'd heard from the angel, and she experienced that good news completely. You know, maybe you, you've come here today and you, you really want clarity. Maybe it's direction. Maybe it's to, to, to get this figured out, whatever this is. I hope we hear in this story today that we can let go and let God and trust God for the circumstance because God will lead to good news. Maybe not the way we thought it was coming. Maybe not on the time frame that we hoped for. But we can trust God for the good news. Let's pray. Lord God, we've gathered again as crosswalk. You know every heart in this room. You know every circumstance that each person here faces. You know, oh Lord, how we want clarity, how, how we just want things to be perfect. And we know they will never be perfect on our terms. But we can let go and let you and trust you to give us the best good news we could ever hope for experience Lord make us people of trust and we Lord thank you for your goodness in the name of Christ we pray Amen